You know, it's funny, Josh, I mentioned to you and we, we connected on Facebook that I've been following your stuff since what, like 2011 or something. You, you came out with uh, Plumber SEO. I probably got like uh, a Facebook ad or something. I was like, oh, what's this? And I checked it out. And I've been, yeah, I've been following your stuff for a long time. I've been on your mailing list. I haven't unsubscribed <laughs> for like nine years, 10 years or something now. So yeah, that's, nice. it's been good. I'm glad to finally connect. And uh, you've built a really uh, amazing group here with Seven Figure Agency. I'm actually very interested in what you're doing as, as we try to build up our own agency stuff and, and thinking about, you know, how maybe I could learn from this group as well. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. You know, I did, did not realize that you were on my, on my list getting the, you know, the emails and all of that stuff for all this time as well, as, as long as I've been studying your stuff. Yeah, I've been lurking, lurking for a long time. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I so guess before, today, we, before yeah. we start, can you talk a little bit about what goes into this, um, this survey, so to speak, that you, that you put together every year, kind sure. of what the, what the process is and how you pulled this data together? Yeah, totally. So um, basically, I survey, I think there's 44 on it this year. Every year it kind of changes. A few people get added. Any, any like new up and comers are like, oh, wow, look at this person. They're really, uh, really active and doing research and writing about local search. Those people will get added. And then some people that just aren't really focused on local search anymore, uh, they drop off. And so every year there's roughly 44 four people that joined, I think it was 44 this year, and I survey them. And so it's, they answer a whole series of questions about local search and, and they, we get them to sort factors into different orders. And, and based off of how they sort them, we generate the final results. And so actually I'll, I'll even show you that in my, in my slide deck, how, how the, the participants complete the survey and how I aggregate the data. But these are the people, these are like the, the top experts, the people that are in the trenches doing this work. You know, the funny thing about it is like this list of experts, these 44 people, these are who we would call like prominent experts, influencers, people that are speaking at conferences, people that are writing blog posts, people that are doing webinars, that kind of stuff, right? And so they stand out. There are these people that are really active. But the funny thing is, is that you know, when you only focus on that sort of those group of people that are really prominent, you kind of miss out. I bet you there are people in this group right now today that are just as good at local search as anyone on our list. And it's just like, they're just busy doing their work in the trenches. And so, you know, the, the survey, we're surveying the people that have prominence. I think, you know, those are the people that I'm aware of anyways, I, they're the ones that are writing about it, but there are a lot of unsung heroes in local search that maybe are doing really cool testing that we never hear about. No doubt. Yeah, it's, it's awesome that you put this together. How long have you been doing the local ranking factor survey and kind of compiling all of this data? Yeah, so it's been three years for me. Well, I've been doing it for four-ish, five-ish years, but uh, David Mim did all the previous years. So he, he started in 2008. And then uh, in 2017, when he was kind of moving into email marketing, doing less of local search stuff, he passed the reins to me. So it was a huge honor to have that opportunity to take it over from David. And uh, yeah, it's been amazing. I, I love doing it. I love getting the insights every year too, right? It's just, it's always packed with such amazing uh, information. No doubt. All right, so before, before Darren opens up his screen deck and starts to unpack this for us, for those of you that have your webcam on, put like a thumbs up at the screen. That way we know you're excited or put a one in the chat, right? Just so 
we're all teed up. We're ready to dive in. All right. And the ones are, are flying. So go ahead and, um, and, and take over the, the screen, Darren. Sure. I like that you have like a thumbs up paddle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now that we're in a zoom world, right. We need to have these, these types of resources. Got a thumbs down on the other side too. Awesome. Okay. Let me, uh, let me just do something real quick here. Bunch of people saying they, they want to be added to the, to the list of people to get on the, the survey. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I, I get a lot of people asking for that. <laughs> I'm sure. There is a bit of a bar. You've got to, you do have to sort of be able to show, like you can't just be, you, you got to be like, I've been publishing stuff. I speak at conferences. Like you, you, you kind of have to be a bit of a, uh, a, a name, a bit of an influencer that's doing some pretty serious work. And you can actually show that with behind the scenes stuff too. Like you'd be like, I did these awesome case studies or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, here, let me share my screen. I have a little presentation that I put together. It's all about the local source ranking factors. Let me hit present. See if this thing loads. It's loading. And while it loads, I'll hit the share screen button. Sweet. Uh, you see the you see the the presentation? Yes, sir. Sweet. All right. So here it is. Local SEO strategies and tactics for 2021. Um, all right. So just quickly about me. Uh, I've been doing SEO since uh, 1998. Found a white spark in 2005. Speak at a bunch of conferences. I write and research uh, about SEO, local SEO in particular. It's kind of my uh, passion. Um, and of course, I lead the local search ranking factor survey, um, publish the local search ecosystem. Um, we have software and services to help businesses and agencies with local SEO. Everything is white labelable. So we have a rank tracking software. We have a citation analysis software. It's kind of uh, really well known called the local citation finder. We have citation services where we'll do citation building. And we, we have a Google My Business Management service as well. Uh, we have over 130,000 users uh, in our system. And so, yeah, that's, that's WhiteSpark in a nutshell. 130,000, oh, wow. Don't click that. And then uh, next slide. There we go. So today I want to cover uh, results from the latest uh, ranking factor survey. I want to talk about how to increase conversions from your Google listing. This is something uh, that it's kind of new. People are missing out on. Talk about a bunch of SEO myths. I bet you a lot of people will be surprised about some of the things that are actually myths in local search. And I want to give you it like an actionable to-do list uh, to improve uh, local rankings. And so quickly, just about the, the survey, I know we touched on some of this earlier in the intro part, but David Mims started the survey in 2008. He ran it every year that he handed the reins to me in 2017. And so we survey these experts. These are, the, these are the people that are kind of prominent in the space, speaking about researching, writing, um, you know, names you've heard before, like Joy Hawkins, Mike Blumenthal, David Mim, these are the contributors to, uh, to the local search rankings factors. And so basically when you aggregate all that data, you know, you get to get the collective knowledge of the industry's best. And that's, that's what we're doing here with the local search ranking factor survey. And so um, the results can be found at this URL. So whitespark.ca slash local search ranking factors with dashes between the words. That's an important URL. Uh, there's a lot in there that I certainly can't cover in a 30-ish minute presentation. So there's that for you to see. 
And so the first question I ask is, you know, for the local pack rankings, what it, what are the, how much do each area of local search contribute to rankings? And so um, just to be clear, I, everyone in this group already knows this is the local pack. And if you click the more places link at the bottom, you get what's called the local finder. Um, and these are the seven thematic areas I'm asking about here. So like kind of breaking down local search, there's 122 factors that we survey on, but these are the kind of groups of factors. So Google my business factors, citation factors, website factors, links, reviews, behavioral and personalization. These are the seven main areas that I'm asking them to score. And then they score them like this. So they just put in like, you know, I think Google weights GMB factors 30, uh, citation factors five, on-page factors 20. So you kind of break it down like this. And so I get all that data from everybody and then I can uh, add it up and it generates this pie chart. So this pie chart is, um, is sort of the iconic pie chart that shows what the aggregate of breakdown of like what you should focus on. I think it's a little bit skewed and, and it, there's a lot of stuff. So GMB says 33%, but there's not a lot you can do to optimize in GMB. You can optimize for conversions for sure, but in terms of ranking, like your effort should should actually be more focused on the three other major areas, which is reviews, website, and links. You're gonna spend a lot more time on your website and links than you are on GMB. And so even though GMB makes up 33% of what we think influences rankings at Google, there's a lot of stuff in there that you can't optimize for. Um, and so it's always valuable to look at how things have changed over time. So um, from 2013 to 2020, you can see these trends and I've kind of summarized the main trends um, here. So a huge story is the continued rise of GMB. So from 2015 to the latest survey, we see GMB continue to, to rise in importance. And so the idea there is that the local search experts are are seeing that they're in, the work that they do on GMB is influencing rankings more than, than some of the other things. And so the GMB as a important piece of that pie has grown over the past, um, what is that, five years. You'll notice I missed a couple of years in uh, doing the survey. David Mim never missed a year. That guy, he was always on it, but I missed a couple of years uh, as, as I was doing it. Uh, also important is uh, the decline of citations. So uh, what we see is um, people spending less time on citations. So back in the early days of local SEO, it was the ticket to, to ranking in Google. It's like, oh, we just got to go out and build 200 citations, every directory you can find and you're going to rank in local people are finding that that's not the case anymore. And another thing that has changed is that over time, there used to be this huge importance on citation consistency. Make sure you got the same name, address, phone number on every site that has, has declined in importance as well. They're recognizing that if you got messy citations, it generally doesn't hurt your rankings too much. And going and doing a big cleanup doesn't generally improve your rankings. And so that's what we're seeing happening quite a bit. Uh, and the, the experts are noticing that. And that's why we see this decline. I'm gonna give you a strategy for uh, citation, um, citation work in 2021 when I get to that section. All right, so uh, the next question I ask is in local organic rankings, for local organic rankings, to what extent do each of the following um, areas of local search contribute to rankings? So these are the, it's like the same pie chart, but now I'm only looking at the local organic results. So I need to, uh, to, to uh, 
point out what or local organic results are. So you got the pack up above and the local organic results are the blue links that are underneath there. So you've got, uh, that's the local organic results. And so if you do something like, you know, personal injury lawyers in uh, Seattle, you're gonna see that um, Seattle businesses are put into the organic results down below. It's not just like Wikipedia and that kind of stuff, right? And so here's the pie chart for local organic. What we see is a huge uh, increase on your website and your links. It's really traditional SEO stuff, right? So traditional SEO is all the optimization, technical speed, mobile friendly stuff uh, you can do on your website, plus getting links to your website. Um, and then on the local side for the pack finder stuff, it's, it's the same, you've still got to do all that work, but then you add reviews, citations and GMP. So. On the local organic side, of course, we're talking about traditional SEO stuff. Website and links really contribute more than anything else. And so you can really see it in this chart here, what I just said. So um, in local organic, you see two big blue spikes here for uh, website and links. And then in the pack finder, things are a bit more evened out where GMB is leading the, leading the group here as being more important. So to rank in the local pack and the local finder, you got to focus on everything. That's that's really the story here is that you've got to focus on these four areas, your Google, my business listing, your reviews, your website, and your links. And this work that you do on your website and links is going to benefit you both in the local uh, organic results and the local pack and finder results. So the next question I ask in the survey is what individual factors do you think have the biggest impact on the pack finder rankings? And so this is where they, uh, they have to drag factors. So I built this little tool that allows them, so there's a list on the left-hand side of 120 factors, and they just like drag them from the left side to the right side to build their own list, and then they sort them by priority. So they do this, and so when you get 44 of the, the most prominent experts in local search doing this, putting them in order, then I can score them, right? So I score them, so if whatever you put at the top gets 20 points, whatever you go second is 19, et cetera, and then I aggregate them and I get to see by the combined score of which is the most important thing that all the experts seem to uh, agree on as driving um, local search rankings. And so then we end up with the list. And so let's take a look at that list. Uh, these are the top 15 things that, that hit that are, you need to focus on for local pack finder rankings. And so there's a lot to read on the screen here. I'm not gonna leave that up so you read. I'll actually just go through the top 10 for you right here. So the first thing is making sure your primary GMB category is the most optimal primary GMB category. So if you are a lawyer or your client is a lawyer, uh, you could put lawyer there. But if they're a personal injury lawyer, they probably care to rank a lot more for personal injury lawyer and they have a lot less competition in that space. And so setting your primary category as personal injury lawyer is very important. If you had that as lawyer and you had your additional category as personal injury, that's a bad move. You will get way better ranking boost by setting your primary category to most closely match whatever your money keyword is. What is the number one keyword I wanna rank for? Make sure that your primary category is the closest match to that. That will have a huge impact. Um, one cool little tip here I wanna drop is this thing called GMB Spot. It's a Chrome extension. And so when you have this Chrome extension on, you can go to anyone's listing in Google Maps 
and you can uh, click the little Chrome extension and it'll show you what categories they have on their listing, which is super helpful. So for example, this business here, they have categories, plumber, furnace repair service, heating contractor, and HVAC contractor. It's really valuable, really quick way to see what are the categories your competitors have. You can just kind of click around to some of your competitors in Google Maps and check out their categories. Um, the second thing- Will these slides uh, was, be available after so people can grab that, that link? And that looks like a pretty awesome uh, little yeah. tool. So the URL, uh, we have a short link to it, spark it. That's our own little URL shortener. So sprk.it slash gmbspy. Go to that URL. It's super handy. This thing is great. We use it all the time. Thank you. Got it. Um, all right. So keywords in the business name. Uh, this is the number two ranking factor. It is it is incredible what you can do uh, with keywords in the business name. So for example, this business here, they know that this helps them rank really well. So they put every darn keyword you can imagine into their business name. And sadly, it works really well. Uh, Joy Hawkins uh, did a really great post on this where she tested this, where she, she added keywords, then removed them and added them. And you can see this little chart here, how rankings changed over time. And uh, I actually did this recently as well. Um, I updated my slide deck for PubCon. I just spoke at, at PubCon. And so we did it for Whitespark. I'm just gonna quickly fire that up because I think it's worth looking at. So a lot of a lot of chat in here saying, isn't that keyword stuffing? Isn't that against the terms of service? Doesn't Google, Google frown on that? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Don't do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't do it, but don't rank as well, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, wait, I actually put it in. Oh, look, I even have the slides open. So I have it in part. Am I, are you still seeing my screen? Great. Or are you seeing something else now? Right now we're seeing um, a dashboard of some sort. Okay. I'm going to stop the share on that because I have to share my whole desktop. So I'm going to okay. share screen again. That way you can get my PowerPoint too. Awesome. So here we go. Now, now you see my PowerPoint here? Yep. All right, so here we go. I wanted to test this for WhiteSpark. And so I did it just recently. So I added, so our Google My Business listing was just WhiteSpark, right? And so that's that's what you should be. It should be your brand name. But I just, just to test, I thought, I wanted to test two things because we had a client that wanted to, to do this, right? So I wanted to test two things. One, if I add SEO company Edmonton to my business name, will I tank in the rankings over it? Like immediately, will I get suspended, right? So I tried it, put it in there. Okay, no problem, nothing. Because I don't really care about our local listings. We're not trying to target the local Edmonton market we, we work in. And so um, well, I did not drop rankings, no suspension, no anything like that. Um, so we added the SEO company Edmonton and check out what happened. So this is, this is results from our local rank tracking software. You can see we ranked not at all, not at all, not at all. I made the change on January 5th. January 6th, we shot up to position 20 in the local results. Then we dropped, oh, we dropped one position to 21 and then to position uh, position number six. And we've been sitting at position number six, but not only that. So this, this is the exact match of what I put in the business name. We saw a massive boost. That's 94 position ranking increase. But it also lifted all the other keywords that I would care to rank for. So all these other things that we were tracking, like you know SEO company Edmonton, uh, Edmonton SEO company, anything that had Edmonton in, because that word Edmonton got put into the business name, we just took off for all of those terms. So they, the impact of keywords in the business name cannot be understated. Google puts huge ranking emphasis on that factor, and. 
the the trouble is it really incentivizes spam. So yes, people have asked in the questions, isn't that against Google's terms of ter service? Couldn't you get suspended? The answers to those questions both are yes. You could get suspended. It is against the terms. Um, there is a this is a huge problem. The, but the reality is, is that Google does not overly police this. It's really upon other agencies to report you or other businesses to report you. And then you honestly get the lamest slap on the wrist. It's like Google says, oh, uh, your listing has been suspended. Your, uh, your, your business name violates our terms of service. And so you're like, oh, sorry, Google. And then you just change your business back to Whitespark. And, you're, and then you, you submit a reconsideration request and you're back in business. So. Wow. Like, so this is, uh, Darren, coming out a little bit controversial, but looking at, at like the key factors that actually move the needle, not yeah. pulling any punches, like here's data <sighs> showing that this works, you know, play, you know, play safe, guys, don't go in and, you know, change, add, start yeah. keyword stuffing all your listings, but he's showing you validated data that it actually does work. Um, and sounds like worst case scenario, you go back and change the company name back if you get flagged. Yeah, it, it's painfully controversial because as, you know, uh, respectful SEOs doing the right thing, not spamming Google, that's what we should do, right? But yeah. Google makes it pretty hard to, to refute the data here. Like you see this and you're like, well, and so we actually have a client, a multi-location client that we are working with right now. And because of this impact, they're doing it right. They've gone to the Secretary of State and officially changed their business name. Mm. They're changing all their signage. They're changing their uh, their logo. Their logo on their website has already been changed. And now we're rolling it out. We just started rolling it out a few days ago. So they've made the official change. They're changing it with their phone company. They're changing it with the utility company. They're actually changing their business name. We're doing a full citation cleanup across all their listings and updating their business name. And this is the reason. Because... If they do this, it's like, okay, yeah, it's a bit of a hassle to change your business name, but look at the benefit. So they're actually doing it. They've, they're adding their primary keywords to their official business name and they're doing this and they can never get suspended because that's actually their business name. So that's where the strategy is and there is benefit to doing it. And so if you, if you are a plumbing company in Denver, and your business name is, you know, Bob's Bob's Best. You don't have the word plumbing in there. It's just like Bob's Best. Which is pretty common, so, right? It's not doesn't have doesn't have plumbing in it. Doesn't have the city in it. Yeah. Well, hey, Bob, I got a good idea for you. Go down to the Secretary of State, change your business name to Bob's Bob's Best Plumbing Denver. Boom. Look at the impact you're gonna have. So. This is where it becomes a real strategy if you're actually registering your name. If you're not actually registering it, it becomes uh, a liability because you can get reported, you can get suspended, and if it's a repeat offense, you can get permanently banned from Google. So it, you either risk it, you can, and if you're like a, you know, you, you, you sort of rank, rank and dash, you know, you just rank for a while, and if it gets destroyed, you can you build up another listing. If, if you're willing to risk that, then you could, you could, you, could, you know, you so know, I think this is fast. a good conversation. I see the chat is blowing up with people on the, the white hat side, the gray hat side, the like, this is crazy talk. Why are you sharing this idea? What we're I like, know, but here's the thing. Here's what I am sharing with you. I am sharing you with you the results from the local search ranking factors, which is this became up as the number two ranking signal. And I'm sharing you with the results of my own case study to demonstrate that, oh, well, there's a reason this came up as the number two ranking signal. 
And I'm also telling you, it's not safe to go and just stuff keywords in your business name. What WhiteSpark doing, is doing is violating the terms of service. It's all for the sake of research. I will take it out because there's actually an ethical dilemma too, because when you do this, I'm now outranking legitimate SEO businesses in my city that depend on those rankings. And the same thing happens with plumbers. It happens with any business. You are actually hurting mom and pop businesses by violating the guidelines. So don't do it. Don't do it for your own risk and for the ethical reasons. But do consider changing your business name because holy crap, does it impact your rankings? All right. Yeah. So, so like the practical story here, you know, we work with 190 plumbing companies across the country. Yeah. What he's not saying is go change Bob's Plumbing on GMB to Bob's Plumbing, yeah. Dash, you know, Denver, right? Well, it, you could actually hurt your clients. So, right. dang, like back in 20. 11, I built a bunch of uh, PBN links for one of my clients and, and it was great. They were ranking really well. And then they got suspended and tanked and it was like a link cleanup job. And I carry that guilt to, to this day of how I hurt that business. And so um, think about that. Think about what you're doing. So you could go and stuff keywords on all your clients and get them ranking by, by taking advantage of this loophole that Google has created. But what are the repercussions of that? And that's why if you're going to do it, go legit like what we're doing with our existing, with our client right now. Change the company. If they really want to do it, change the company name. Say that will give you a preferential advantage in ranking for the main city for your yep. main keyword, right? Get the category there, get it into your name, get it legitimately updated. Uh, yep. And this would be an above board way to tap into this opportunity. Yeah. And it, it comes down to signage, you know, uh, photos of your building, like, there's photos in your office, all that stuff. You have to you have to go full because Google will check into that stuff. If you get reported, you have to be able to prove that this is actually your business name. And if it's your business name, Google can't do anything about it. All right, I'm, this is gonna we're gonna take a long time to, to get through this presentation, but I do think that that was a pretty interesting topic that we wanted to 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 really dive into. Agreed. You created a lot of uh, a lot of conversation in the chat here, as as you might yeah. see. Um, it's it's awesome. Yeah. All right. I got too many tabs open, but I think I should be sharing my uh, my other my other slide deck now. Right. Yeah. Good. Yep, All right. So the, the third factor is proximity to searcher. And so this is something you have no control over. It's basically when you run a search, how close are you as the searcher to the businesses around you? So, or how close is your business to the person searching? And so you'll see I run the search for dentists. They're all like meters from me. Uh, and so they're all really close to me within one kilometer of my business address or of my, my location. So all these businesses, Google's showing me close businesses. And this, this is the way it works. Most businesses are going to rank number one when they're, when they're searched from the location. But as you search around the location, you know, your rankings get lower and lower as you kind of span out away from the location. So this is from Local Falcon. I'm, if you haven't seen that tool, you got to check it out. It's amazing. It's a great way to sort of see how you rank around the whole area. So as they might rank number one, but all around, they don't even rank in the local pack, right? And so I don't know some people don't know this, but rankings change on every street corner. And I tested this by driving to the grocery store and I stopped every block and I took a took a screenshot of what my ranking results look like. And you can see how rankings change. So at this point, uh, you know, that's that's what the rankings are. I go up one block, okay, they're the same. One block more, and you can see how rankings change. Now they, they swapped around, I'm getting different businesses. And that's because Google's always pulling in the businesses that are close to me. So as 
I go block by block, rankings change. And so that, imagine that across the whole city, how many different ranking results are there? Millions, thousands, like every single spot will have a different local pack. So sometimes people think like, oh, how come I'm not ranking in Denver? Well, it's like, where in Denver? There are 10,000 spots in Denver. You might be ranking in this one, but not over in this one. You might be ranking on the north side of the city. And you could use a tool like Local Falcon to actually see that. And so this is, this is why I came up as number three. Proximity to your business is a huge factor. Uh, physical uh, are address. There, are, there any, are there any mechanisms for like, like service-based businesses that might yeah. be in one city, but they serve a much wider radius yeah. um, to expand that? Or can you speak to that at all? Or you just want to- yeah, it's, a, these? it's a classic question. So in the local pack finder, you are fairly limited to around your business. And so uh, I do talk about this, but it's a myth that the serve, setting the service areas will impact ranking. It doesn't. Um, so you, you really have to just focus on expanding your radius around your business. And you do that through uh, just your standard SEO work, your website, your links, your GMB, your reviews, you'll expand your radius as you get more prominence and more relevance. Uh, proximity is always a little bit locked in. You can, you can kind of expand your proximity, how much you rank, if you, if you can amplify those other two signals, relevance and prominence. Um, and then getting beyond that, you're going to hit a wall eventually. Like you're lucky if you can get the whole south side of the city, for example, you can actually rank in some of that. Um, and that, I've seen that happen when you're really relevant and prominent, but you hit a wall. And so how do you hit like the suburbs? How do you get the north side of the city? And that's where you target them with or get local organic SEO. And so that's the concept of city pages or neighborhood pages. And you create these pages because you're not going to rank in the local pack, but you could rank in the local organic results by targeting them that way, especially with city pages. If you Sometimes there's a whole cluster of small towns and you want to rank in all of them, city pages, that's the way to do it. So yeah, this, this factor here, number four, is about you know, um, being actually in the city. And this is a really interesting example because this business, this is a great case study from, uh, from Colin Nielsen at Sterling Sky. So this business is actually located in, in Olathe, Olathe, Kansas, KS, I'm gonna Kansas, guess that's yeah. Kansas. So uh, they're located there, but Google thinks, because they're just outside, if you look at this map, they're just outside of it. So Google actually thinks they're in Lenexa and it even says it right there on the listing, insurance agents in Lenexa. And so in Olathe, the city that's actually part of their address, they hardly rank at all. And this is from Places Scout, which does the same kind of thing as uh, Local Falcon, but you can see they hardly rank at all. But then you look over in Lenexa, they rank really well all across Lenexa. And so this is why the city that Google actually thinks you're located in has a huge impact on your ability to rank within that city. And so this, this this case study from, from Colin really demonstrates that. And so that's why this came up as the number four factor in the, the ranking results. And it's, and it's a big thing. And I think, you know, transparency to your client to say, look, if you're based in, you know, Doral, Florida, that's where your office is, but you want to rank in Miami, which is five miles away. Yeah. Probably going to be an uphill battle, right? It's, it's almost impossible. And this, coming this to the table with that is reality. This illustrates it. This is exactly it. So it's just the way the algorithm works. It's like, you're not in that city. We're not going to return you. Unless, of course, you're in an industry like taxidermy, where there's only one in the entire state. If, if you're in like a really low, low, uh, you know, there's not very many businesses in that category. Sure, you can probably rank really wide and far. But if you're a dentist where there's one on every street corner, then you're not going to rank in a wider radius. Google just is going to be like, well, hey, 
there's well, there's 100 in this neighborhood, so we don't have to start pulling from other neighborhoods. Yep. Um, and then the number five thing is setting your additional GMB categories. It's like every category you can put in there that is relevant to your business can have a huge impact. It's just like, hey, how about this keyword? I want to rank for this keyword too. You just add all the other stuff, any other categories that that fit your business. Very important to add them. Here's an example with plumbers. Uh, right up your alley, Josh. So yeah, plumber is the primary category. That's the money keyword. But then, I, hey, upon someone searches for like drainage service, I want to be returned. If someone searches for hot water systems, I want to be returned. Furnace repair, gas fitters, like different things that we do as a plumber, definitely get those as additional categories. There was this concept a while back of category dilution, where it's like, oh, well, if I add a whole bunch of other stuff, I'm gonna dilute the ranking benefit from the primary category. So I wanna dispel that myth right now. Uh, if you've ever thought that, if, if you ever heard that and, 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 and were careful about it, it's not a thing anymore. And so uh, again, Colin, he did a great case study on this where you know he tested the impact of adding additional categories. And not only did he not see his rankings drop, but he actually saw his rankings from the main money keyword go up just because it's, it's almost like you're expanding your relevance, right? So that's, uh, those additional categories are very pump important. In, pump in as many relevant categories as you can. Yeah, as many relevant, it's a keyword relevant there. And I'm going to tell you why relevance is important because of a case study that I did. So I tried adding a whole bunch of wacky categories to my listing to see what the impact might be. And uh, so I added things like uh, sexologist and hat shop and gazebo builder, just like the weirdest stuff you can think of, right? Totally unrelated. And look what happened to my rankings. So rankings, so when I added all the keywords, rankings plummeted, huge drop. And then after I took the keywords out, all those additional categories out, they went right back up. So you can confuse Google. You can't dilute your primary category, but you can confuse Google by like adding weird stuff. It'd be like, Google wants to know what is this business? And if, you, if it's not clear what you are, if you try to do, let's say you're a handyman and you put plumber, electrician, roofer, deck builder. Let's say you put all that as additional categories that could probably hurt you. And so that's the case. You just have to be careful about, you've really got to kind of narrow in on your niche. And so a handyman that does a million different things, uh, this, is, this, this is one that they wouldn't want to watch out for. All right, so uh, and another important tip is that Google's adding new categories all the time. You can even appeal Google to add a category. I'm working with a business right now that does patent searching. So they, they work for the lawyers that do patent lawyers that fill patents and they do all the research for the patent lawyers, but Google doesn't have a category for that. So you can even uh, appeal to have that category added. So Google's adding categories all the time. Sterling Sky publishes a really great list about it, and you can keep up to date on this list here, sterlingsky.ca, Google My Business category changes. And that list, they update it all the time whenever new categories are added, and you can see it. And so it's kind of an amazing thing, because if Google adds a category that's relevant to your business, you will be the first to know about it. You can set it in your listing and reap the rewards immediately because you'd be like one of the few that's ranking for that new niche category. And so what didn't used to trigger a local pack before now is triggering a local pack and boom, you're, you're, you're one of the first to be in there. And so that's a huge opportunity, just paying attention to this page that Joy Hawkins publishes. And uh, if you see a category that's relevant to your business, jump on it. Um, number six, way, in chat, people are, people are saying they really love the resources you're, you're sharing here. This is great stuff. Keep, keep going. Oh, good. 
You're welcome. I'm, I'm glad that it's helpful. It's All awesome. right. So number six is uh, quality authority of inbound links to your domain. In other words, links links to your website. And it's not just like how many links you have. I'm sure you've all been down the rabbit hole of tier one links, tier two links, link wheels, all that crappy stuff, all that weird link building stuff. This is about quality links. So the number six factor is, do you have good links going to your website? And when I talk about good links, I'm, I'm talking about like, you know, University of Alberta, Crunchbase, uh, rather than some Asian business directory or some like local coupon site. Those things are crummy bookmark sites. Those, I don't know, call them 2.0 web links or whatever they are. That stuff is not going to really move the needle, but a link from the university is going to move the needle huge. Or a great one that I always like to do is sponsorship links. So there's lots of local organizations that have built up authority. You can, your business can sponsor them. So like Bob's Plumbing, uh, he just recently changed the name to Bob's Best Plumbing in Denver. Uh, he can uh, get listed on, let's say, the local ballet. They, they're looking for sponsorships, and so he can get listed on their page for a $500 donation, and that's a pretty good, high-authority, locally relevant link. So getting high-quality links. Uh, number seven, getting keywords in your Google reviews. That's a big one. So when... You ask for a review, okay, at the very least, everybody should be implementing a strategy where you are making sure your clients are asking every customer for a review. You either use software, you have, a, you have a manual system, whatever it is, every client, every customer needs to get asked for a review. When you ask for the review, just to add one little sentence in the review, ask, say, hey, and it would be great if you mentioned the service that we did for you. That one thing will help to inject some of those keywords into your reviews. And there are patents on this. Google definitely is looking at keywords and reviews, using them as a relevant signal, which will boost your rankings in the local results. More, so it's not just about the volume of reviews. It's it's trying to get those reviews and tie yeah. back to the relevancy of the service, drink, cleaning, water heaters, whatever it is. Absolutely, so volume is important. You definitely wanna be up there with your competition having a roughly the same or, or more than your competition. You will get diminishing returns. So if you if your competition, most of them are having like, like 80 reviews, you already have 200. Getting 500 more reviews is not gonna push the, push you any further. You, you're kind of, you reach this baseline, right? But the keywords in the reviews can definitely have a positive impact. And then, you know, especially if you started a new service, then you'd really like try to see if they can mention the new service in the reviews that does have a positive impact. Awesome. And I guess there's a question here I think is actually pretty relevant, which is sure. you have the opportunity to respond to the reviews. Would yeah. infusing that keyword into the response play a factor there at all? Thank you for your question. I love to dispel that myth. It okay. does not have any impact whatsoever. And so <laughs> I think, oh no, that was a, that was one of my video series that I did where I talk about SEO myths. And there's a funny one where like this guy, every time he would reply to a, a review, he would like stuff the, his response with all these keywords. And it's like, oh dude, it doesn't work. We've tried it, we've tested it. We Like numbers of SEOs have tested this. They would put like any words in there and then see if that impacts rankings. It doesn't. And so Google's at least that's smart where they're like, okay, well, we want to reuse things, but we're not going to let you stuff your own keywords into your reviews and, and it'll have an impact. So yeah. no, no don't, don't bother. Reply isn't going to impact your, your GMB yeah. ranking. That's, that's a myth debunk. Nice. That's right. I need one of those thumbs down paddles. I got to get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so number eight is just having uh, good ratings. That is an actual factor. If you have a three-pointer or lower, it does negatively impact your ability to rank. There's not much more to say about that. It's pretty obvious. Having a decent rating is a thing. And number nine is new this year. Coming in hot, number nine is spam fighting. And this comes back to what we already talked about with keywords in the business name. It's like, this has become such a rampant problem that if you can remove the problem, Imagine you look at your search results and out of the top 10, six of them are stuffing keywords into their business name. Well, hey, what are you gonna do? If you report all of them and they get that taken out of their business name, what ends up happening? Your business ranks back up there. So spam fighting has grown as a huge strategy that a lot of businesses are focused on. It's a big part of what we do in our Google My Business Management service. And so spam fighting is huge. You can basically, so this example that I showed earlier where the guy has all the keywords stuffed in his business name, you can go suggest an edit and then you can click change name or other details, change the name from what it was, because this is actually their business name. If you look on their website, their logo says Houston Site Acquisitions. So you just change it to that, you click send, and Google will often just publish that, boom, publishes it. Uh, um, sometimes right away, sometimes within a week or so, it'll publish that change that you made. And then as soon as that keyword drops, as you saw when I added the keywords, like overnight I took off, same thing happens in reverse. So as soon as that keyword's removed from their business name, they drop, and when they drop, you rank higher. So spam fighting is actually a pretty significant strategy and factor in terms of improving your rankings on Google. I like that. So not just trying to optimize your listing, but looking at others that might be, you know, not playing by the rules, bringing that to the attention of, of yep. Google and moving them down, moving yourself up and not in a, in a bad way, but just in a above board way. That's, that's the thing. Right. And so, you know, as this grows, the uh, the whole tactic of just stuffing keywords in your business name becomes a little bit more uh, sketchy because agencies are are catching on to this and every city is going to have agents that are aware of this especially after this presentation every they're all all going to be aware of this and starting to do this work which means your your chance of getting suspended if if you uh, if you are stuffing keywords goes up because people are aware of this and they're doing the work for Google. It's kind of annoying that we have to. Uh, Google should really police this better. But um, in the meantime, you will reap the rewards by changing your business name officially and <laughs> removing it from people that didn't do it officially. Uh, Google always says uh, after you submit that your feedback won't directly influence the ranking of any single page and. Uh, that's it, I laugh every time I see that because, oh, well, actually, it's definitely going to impact their rankings when I remove their keywords. All right, there's 85 other factors on the list. I posted the link to the, the full survey results uh, at the beginning of the presentation. I'm going to post it at the end of the presentation again. You can see the full list of 85 factors in order of priority or, or assumed estimated priority. Um, so let's look at some other questions I asked on the survey. The other question was like, okay, what individual factors impact local organic rankings? And this, of course, is no surprise. Uh, a reminder, that's the local organic rankings. And it's no surprise. This really breaks down to link-related factors and website-related factors. And so, you know, it's like these are all the, the link-specific factors. So getting quality, what are the quality of the links you have? Having keywords and anchor text going to your website, your domain authority, diversity of links, like getting links from lots of different types of sites, uh, quantity of links. So all these link factors are huge. That'll have a big impact. 
Um, if you're looking for some strategies, we have a fantastic post. I wrote this post, like, what is it? Now, I guess we call it five years. I wrote this in 2016. Everything in this post is totally still uh, accurate. Like, it's just a seven really straightforward tactics for getting links to your local business websites. And that includes things like sponsorships. Citations are in the list as, you know, it's one small way to get links. Um, but there's a whole bunch of, of strategies in there, like doing testimonials, your business partnerships, the, all that kind of stuff. Really straightforward link building tactics at that resource if someone wants to quickly type it into the chat there. Um, so there's that one. And then the other thing, of course, is optimizing your website. I'm sure all of you are fully aware of uh, the importance of optimizing your website. So that's having lots of quality content, having keyword relevance, making sure that the keywords in the right spots, um, keyword relevance in the domain, um, you know, having a fast mobile friendly website, all that kind of website stuff. Um, and you know what, all that stuff that you do to improve your local organic visibility is super important because when you improve your rankings in the local organic results, you also improve your rankings in the local pack because the local search algorithm is looking at all five pillars of SEO. Whereas traditional SEO is just these two. It's just your website and your links. That's what like traditional SEOs are all focused on. And gosh, there's a lot of stuff you can do in there. It's a whole industry, right? But then add local to it. You've got now got to worry about GMB and reviews and citations. And so, you know, local SEO becomes these two things still very important plus the other three things. And actually prior to like 2012, it was really just the three things. And then they merged the algorithms in the Venice update. And now your website and links are playing such a huge role in, uh, in your rankings, both local organic and in the local pack results. So it's, it's really a comprehensive approach. You're not just GMB optimization or website optimization. Yeah. They kind of feed off of each other, assuming all the other factors are met. Yeah, you got to do all five. And it, it, you, let's say, let's say you only did you created a GMB listing, and then you only focused on reviews. You just powered reviews at it. You had like ten thousand reviews, but you had a crummy website. You got no links. You got no business listings. You haven't optimized your GMB listing. It's like, yeah, sorry, man. One piece of the pie is not going to do it. You got to do all five. Um, so question three was, you know, um, what are you focusing on more in the past year? This question I love because it really sort of surfaces like what's what's the new hotness? What are people really focusing on? And so uh, that's things like uh, spam fighting right at the top of the list. That removal of the things through spam fighting is super hot in 2020, 2021. I published this at the end of 2020. Um, so that's a huge one that has really increased. People are really jumping onto that as a strategy. Um, building links is really big, but people are really like, we know the value of links. And this is also because you kind of exhaust the other tactics. You can kind of like, well, the website's in great shape. They got all the citations, GMB is in great shape. You know, we continue to publish posts and upload photos and we're, we're doing all the maintenance of the GMB. What's left? And it's like content and links, content and links. You're just adding content, adding links. And so, you know, and continuing your review strategy. So completeness of GMB listing, this is something that's uh, increasing in importance, getting lots of Google reviews and setting your primary category, of course. Uh, question three is, okay, well, what do you, if that's what you're focusing on more, what are you focusing on less? And the survey says citations. <laughs> it's, these are all citation factors. It's basically your consistency on other sources, quantity of structured citations, uh, enhancement, completement of citations, uh, getting the, 
the BBB accreditation that used to be, uh, it actually was a, considered to be a signal of trust and authority. And it was an important thing to get. People are like, yeah, I don't know if that matters anymore. And they're doing it less. And then data consistency, like just worrying about citation consistency. Hmm. So this deserves uh, a conversation. And I just made this slide 30 seconds before coming on air. And I'm going to type into this slide while I talk to you about this right now. Love uh, it. Real time, real time strategy for citations 2020. Real time strategy. How do I get the back? King of citation management. Yeah. All right. Let me get into here. I basically, the, there's your citation strategy for 2021 should be this. And so, you, what? First of all, you should not worry about uh, recurring fees. So the big thing that people are doing is like they set up their their citation strategy with Yext or or Moz Local or Uberall or whatever. And they're like, oh, I'm done. I put all my citations in there and, and I just assume that it's doing a good job. One, it's not doing a good job because uh, our manual audits reveal that all those automated tools, they miss so many citations that, uh, that are incorrect, that are duplicates. They don't do a very good job, the automated tools. Um, and Two, you got to keep paying forever. Why are you paying forever for citation? It doesn't make any sense to me. And so I'm going to give you what I think is the uh, most important strategy, the, the way that you're going to, you're going to build citations for uh, 20, 2021. So number one uh, would be audit. And I have to change my font color a sec here. Audit and cleanup on the like top 12-ish sites. And that would be like, Google, Bing, Apple, you know, data aggregators, TomTom, uh, Tom and here because they they publish to uh, the primary, they, they publish to like GPS navigations. The idea with this is that you want your um, listings to be accurate on the sites that people actually will look at your website, they look at your data on. That's the whole point. So it's like anywhere, anywhere that, you know, real humans will see your business data. And so the reason for that is just because of the real humans. And this ties back to why citations or citation consistency is declining importance because it's actually not that important. You're not doing this for, SEO. You're doing this because you want people to call the right number and you, and you want people to go to the right address when they go to your business. So that's the reason for audit and cleanup on the top 12 sites. Other than that, you don't really have to worry about audit and cleanup. Then you want to make sure you get every industry specific citation you can find. So you would do a search like plumber business directory. Go through that list, find all those plumbing specific directories. Those are the sweet spot. You're actually going to see a ranking boost. We hear that comment time and time again from our SEO customers, our people that are customers of our citation service, where they're like, yeah, we built citations with WiseSpark. We only did 10 or 15 industry specific citations and we saw a boost. And it's not a massive boost. This isn't going to be like, wow, just like I showed in that screenshot earlier where I went up 96 positions, but it does have a positive impact. And this is one of the keys to, to getting value from citations are these industry specific sites. 
Same thing with uh, local specific sites. So any like Denver business directory, chicagobizlist.com, those kinds of sites, anything that's specific to your city, even your neighborhood or even your state, those are directories that will pass a local signal. So what we're getting here is you're getting a tiny bit, a trickle of authority because these are pretty low quality links, but you're getting a relevancy boost. And so if we think about the three pillars of local search is proximity, you don't have much control over that. The two things you can control are or prominence and relevance, and you're getting a relevant signal when you're getting links from sites that are all about your industry. So there's a huge value there. So I would do that. And then for good measure, I would get the top 30. Top 30 to 50 gen general business directories. So these are like the Yelps, the Brown Books, the Super Pages, the, the, the Merchant Circles. These sort of more prominent ones they'll pass some value. Everything beyond that, forget it, you're done. You don't have to do any more citation building. And the interesting thing about this strategy is if you do this, whether you do it manually or you hire WhiteSpark to do this for you, fully white labeled if, if agencies wanna do it, but the, it's a once and done thing. Once you've sorted this out, you've had your listings get cleaned up. You don't have to keep paying month after month after month for something like Yext. You can consider this done. If you need an update, you have all the usernames and passwords because you now own all these listings. You have all the usernames and passwords. You can go and make a change. You could, or if, if you order through us, you can request a change and we charge a nominal fee only in the rare case that the, the plumbing business actually moved or the plumbing business changed their phone number. And so this strategy is the end of it. And we have a specific service on our website called the Yex Replacement Service that is actually this exact package. We built it around people leaving Yex, but we're now actually selling it to everybody. Anyone that comes to our website asks about citations, like, I know it says Yex Replacement, but you should get this because it's actually the, the best way to deal with citations and then mark them off your list and move on to other strategies like content and links and reviews, which you can do forever and ever to continue to, to improve. So that's my strategy for 2021. I suggest that. I love it. I just put the link to the, to the White Spark service, which as an agency, like you, you can choose, you know, do this on your own, right? If you're saying like manually do this stuff, you can have a yep. team of VAs that are going into listings and editing the profiles and updating the name, address, phone number, and the description of the images. Um, or you could, you could use a service like, like White Spark. This is what they do. Obviously they've got yeah. this dialed in, they've got the team and, you know, for the same cost or less than what you're investing in your internal team, have this done from a white label perspective, which obviously is a, a great option. Well, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. We've been doing it since 2011. So it's been, a, it's been a long time, 10 years now. So we know what we're doing here. No doubt. Um, all right. Uh, let me get back to the presentation, which I believe, gosh, I don't know. Oh, here it is. How cool is that? Put a one in chat if it's helpful to hear Darren's 2021 citation management strategy. Super cool. Live. He just updated it for 2021 on the fly. Is, yeah. yeah. I figured I should have a slide for that. So there you go. Very there good. it is. That's the strategy. All right. So I love this question too. This is a new question I added to the survey this year because I want to, it's like the local search ranking factors is widely read. Uh, it, a lot of people see it. So I want to dispel some of the common myths in local search. So I asked the, the participants, what are the factors that absolutely don't impact rankings? And uh, I love these results. This one might blow some minds, but keywords in your Google My Business description. A lot of people think, oh, well, if I want to rank for, you know, drain cleaning, I'm going to make sure that my description says drain cleaning. You can put 
You can put anything you want in there. Google doesn't look at it. It's not part of the algorithm. So it's like that field is not considered for rankings in Google and it has been tested to death by many SEOs. Putting keywords basically anywhere except the business name on your GMB listing will not impact your rankings. There's a few handful of things that will impact rankings on your GMB listings directly impact. There's like a sort of side benefit of some of the things, but uh, obviously getting reviews huge. Uh, keywords in the business name, your primary categories, your additional categories, and then the URL that you link to, that actually the authority and the relevance of that site, that those kind of, those are the things where you can really control uh, and implement and impact rankings on your GMB listings. But other things like making sure your keyword stuff, your Google posts, that's not going to improve your rankings or going into the services section and stuffing like, like lots of keywords and variations. That stuff will not directly impact rankings. You know, other things on this list are things like AdWords, um, yeah, uh, consistency. That doesn't really impact rankings. That's interesting to see citation consistency come up on this list as not impacting ranking. Because it used to be the gold standard, right? For a long time, that was like the main thing we, we all focused on. I know, you hear it all the time still to this day. People are like, well, oh, you're, you're not ranking well. Your citations are probably a mess. And Google's, Google's pretty smart these days. They don't, they don't really worry too much about that. And that's actually why, going back to what I just talked about, that's why my strategy has, has sort of refined down to that, like just clean up on sites where humans will see it build your, your industry and local ones, and then the top 30 and call it done. Um, but now let me say, while they don't impact rankings, they definitely impact conversions, Google posts, services, uh, turning on messaging, all these little things you can do on your listing, massively beneficial. And uh, I, I even asked a question about that, but I wanna cover one more thing about uh, myths. It didn't make the top 10. But this is one that's very relevant to this group, which is setting the service areas in GMB. They do not impact ranking. They don't touch rankings at all. You can, you can add every neighborhood, every zip code, just by specifying a zip code in the service area, it will not impact your rankings for that area whatsoever. The only thing that that does is it draws a little map on Google Maps. So it just draws that little red outline. And so I actually, I, I tweeted uh, about a year ago, oh, hey, fun new game, uh, you know, service area art where you could like just try and like make like a star or something on your listing. But uh, <laughs> Google unfortunately doesn't let you get that kind of granular with it. I tried to make really cool stuff with it, but that's all it does. It just draws the little picture on your map. It does not uh, impact rankings. Nope, hmm. not at all. So everyone should know that. Go ahead and setting the service areas just draws the picture. Don't spend, the don't, don't spend 45 minutes per client adding all of these, these locations. It no. won't impact the rank. You can just put the city in there. I serve the whole city. Yeah. You don't have to go in and drill it down to every zip code. Uh, you can do the city. You can say I service like the suburbs as well. Uh, this, this is very important for any service area business. It's valuable to do it because if someone's looking at your listing, it shows that little red outline that they, they cover that area. That's, that's the benefit. There is rumors, talks about Google actually trying to help with this because when you have a plumber who does service the whole city, it's pretty lame that they can only rank in a 10 mile radius around their location. That sucks. It's yeah. like they should be able to rank around the whole city. I service the whole city. And so I think Google's aware of this. And I, I heard some, some murmurs that they're doing something about it and they're, they're trying to, to fix this problem. So that does lead me to the next question, though, um, about conversion. So I wanted to ask, okay, 
aside from rankings, what are the individual factors that you think have the biggest impact on conversions from GMB? So this is just like people picking up the phone and calling. And you know, ranking number one doesn't mean you're gonna get the lead. You might rank number one, but if your listing looks like garbage, no one's gonna call you. And so this is a great example. Uh, this business here, all about drain cleaning, they rank number one, but look at this listing. It's at a PO box, they got no photos. It's got, uh, you know, the one image is just street view of some like industrial area. They've got one dubious looking review. And so I, I'm like, I'm not sold. I don't think I'm gonna call this business. But now ranking number four uh, over here, I, I'm, I'm browsing the list, I go to number four. Oh, look, Mr. Reuter Plumbing of Edmonton. Boom, 628 reviews, 4.8 rating. They got this amazing thing that comes up related to your search. This is the power of Google posts. When you are posting regularly, you can get this extra little bonus things. Like any posts that you've published that are related to that are showing up here. Fantastic. You've got uh, photos, you've got Q and A. You just can learn so much more about this business. Who am I gonna call? I'm gonna call Mr. Reuter. And in fact, I did. This is an exact example when we were looking for this problem because we had, we had a clogged drain in the basement. So we had to call someone out. Of course I called Mr. Reuter. I didn't call all about drain cleaning even though they're ranked number one. And so conversions are so important. These are the factors that really make sense. The top three of course are reviews, having lots of uh, quality reviews, and people saying good things about you, that's gonna convert, right? You just have one little five-star review with no words, that's not gonna sell me. I'm not gonna be convinced to call your business. You've got a hundred reviews and people are saying really great things about you, great conversion factor. Um, being close to the business, of course, is a conversion factor uh, in any business that's not a service area business. Um, having GMB messaging on, having your hours set properly, completing your GMB listing, making sure you fill everything out and really Think about your images and build it out. That's a huge thing. Um, and so all of these things have a huge impact. And this is actually why we built our Google My Business Management Service. Our Google My Business Management Service is first and foremost focused on this topic, conversions from GMB. So it's, it's a fully white labeled service where we will go and optimize your listing and manage it. We respond to reviews. We do spam fighting. We do uh, photo uploads. We do Google posts every week. And so we just keep on top of it. That's all that kind of stuff that you can do. So it's not just about rankings. It's about improving your ability to drive more calls, website clicks, and direct contacts from your GMB listing. All right. I think we're running low on time, but I'm, I'm going to power. Oh, this, through is, this is awesome. If you've got the time, and, I got time. You know, yeah. You're, you're time. in a group of, of local SEO nerds and we like, we could listen to this all day. Okay. Put a one if you're getting value and you want Darren to keep diving through this. Yeah. You know what? And if you got to go, you got to go, but I'm just, I, I got time. So I'm just going to keep, let's I'm keep cranking. This is awesome. All right, so what things actually can hurt your listings, hurt your ability to rank in Google? This is something that comes up every year. We look at these things. So getting the wrong business category, that's that's going to be a huge one. If you're a plumber and you put towing in as your primary category, you're not going to rank for plumbing. Uh, being detected at a false address, like I think that would hurt uh, this business here. Eventually, they're going to get knocked out because of this PO box, and they're going to actually not rank at all. Um, so PO box, having a hacked site that can actually impact your ability to rank, getting multiple reports of violations on your GMB listing. That's where people are spam reporting you, um, having bad reviews, all that kind of stuff can negatively impact your ability to rank. And so, um, 
I want to give you the top seven things that you need to focus on to improve local rankings. And so it's kind of a summary of like, these are the sort of core areas. So number one, make sure you set the best possible primary category in GMB. The example I, I gave earlier was, if you're a personal injury lawyer, make sure your category is personal injury lawyer, not lawyer. If you're a plumber, but you only actually do drain cleaning, you don't do any fitting, you don't do any other work, make sure it's drain cleaning service as your primary category. So that's, that's the number one tip there. Number two is add any additional categories that are relevant. Cast a wider net, improve your relevancy. These are any terms. It's like, I wanna rank for this term, you put it in an additional category, overnight ranking. So it's like, you've gotta get anything that's relevant to your business, put it in there, watch out for category confusion. Ask every customer for a review on Google. If you're not doing that now, where have you been? This is one of the most important things that you can do uh, to improve both rankings and conversions in Google. So getting lots of reviews on Google, building up your Google reviews, massive impact. Um, add plenty of keyword rich content to your website. You see so many websites, are just like two sentences on their homepage. Lots of images, they're like, oh, well, we care more about design. Well, if you care more about design, do you care about business? Would you like to have business to your business? And so getting good three, four paragraphs of text that talk about what you do and then internally linking that stuff to your service pages about each page, that has a huge, huge impact. Making sure you've, you've increased that major pillar of local search, which is relevancy. Google doesn't know you're relevant. They, this is your number one source of telling Google what your business is about is your website. So getting that right is huge. Number five is optimizing that. So making sure it's not just on your website in your content, but it's also in the title tags, the headings, and in the body content. Google is a dumb robot. One of my favorite examples uh, was there was this SEO um, contest. Who can get a brand new business ranking the fastest. And so a bunch of SEOs jumped on this. And the guy who won, he got the best rankings. It was the key phrase was rhinoplasty Plano, Texas. The guy who won did it with a website with no text. The only text on the website was Lorem Ipsum. Have you ever seen that Lorem Ipsum is this Latin like filler text that you put on, on web pages? Yep. So he didn't actually have any real English words on his website. He just had Lorem Ipsum text but he filled out the keywords in the right spots, in the headings, in the title tag, in the, throughout the body, uh, multiple sort of variations of the keywords for topical relevancy. And his whole website with multiple pages was Lorem Ipsum text, but he managed to rank number one. What does that tell you? It tells you that Google's a dumb robot and it can't read. And so it doesn't actually know how to read your text and, and determine, oh, is, is this well written by a uh, by someone with a PhD in plumbing? No, it's not. It's just you put the keywords in the right spot, and the dumb crawler picked them up, and it boosted your relevancy for those terms. And so, getting keywords in the right spot, number five. Uh, number six, getting links to your website and mentions of your business. So that's links and citations. So getting both of those uh, built up, of course, is super important for improving your rankings. Um, number seven is once you kind of, so this is like the whole gamut. It's like almost those five things I talked about. Once you've got your Google really killing it, you're, you've got as many or more, slightly more than the general competition. Now make sure you're diversifying. Do a search for, uh, you know, your business type in city and see if there's any review sites that come up. It might be Yelp. Yelp is the worst for asking for reviews. So 
maybe don't do that one. But you might see some other sites in there that, uh, that are review sites. The cool thing about actually doing this is one, hardly anyone else is doing it. And so when you actually take the time to get a review on yellowpages.com or brownbook.net, hardly any other business has done that. And so what ends up happening is it's the primary way to rank within the site itself. So your listing that used to be on page seven of the plumber results is now bumped to page number one. So now think of it this way, someone searches so what is what is what are the pages listed on the results for Plumber Denver? If Brown Book is in there and you got a review and it bumps your listing to the first page, you're actually on that page that you click through right from the results, you now have a link and a business mention from a page that ranks on page one of the primary term. It's that relevancy connection, right? And so if you're buried on page 10 of that directory, you don't get that boost. But by getting a couple of reviews on brownbook.net, you're now boom, you're on that page, that first page of results. And that actually have a very positive impact on rankings. And so uh, getting reviews on a diverse set of sites will really actually have a positive impact on rankings. So don't just focus on Google. Some people go right out of the gates. They don't just say, okay, Google, Google, Google. And then once that's done, they move on to other things. Some people are just like, they diversify. It's like, for every three reviews on Google, I'm gonna ask one person on this site and you just do that until you get like three or four on the other site and then you inject another site, inject another site. So a review strategy like that can really help uh, cast a wider net. Now, outside of that top seven, well, heck, there's a lot more to do in local SEO. So we built this software. It's a, a local SEO checklist tool uh, and it's based off of the local search ranking factors. So it's basically, you put in uh, any business, you can add a business to the tool. So if you're an agency, you can add all your clients, you can create a checklist for each client. And then you're gonna get this prioritized checklist based off of the local search ranking factors in order. So number one, set your primary category. So that's, you know, okay, I've done that, I hit check. Keywords in the GMB business title. I like you put a check there, but only if you uh, are doing it the legit way. So I even talk about that. The only legitimate way to do it is that way. Uh, number three, factor. I want the whole factors listed. Even though it's not actionable, it's still on the list. It's proximity to address. So it's the top ranking factors in order in a checklist format for you that you can use to sort of manage your local search campaigns. It's a really great way to guide the work that you want to do to help your clients rank. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty cool tool. I was excited about the concept and uh, I was excited to launch it when we launched it with the release of the ranking factors. And so again, here's a URL to the ranking factors survey. You can dive in. There's so much more there than I was able to cover in the presentation. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's the slide deck, but hey, I, I'm happy to stick around for questions. Darren, this has, been, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for unpacking this. Guys, you just heard from one of like the top experts in local SEO. And you kind of got the cumulative intelligence of 50 of the best of the best. Um, you can see lots of case study data behind this. Amazing, amazing stuff. Um, he's, Thanks, Josh. Darren's available to answer some questions, it sounds like. So sounds like we might as well take advantage of that if we, if we can. Um, he's also put a lot of links here. I'm going to have show notes for this after that I'll share. Um, so you'll be able to go back and get access to the, you know, to the report and to the tools that he referenced. Um, let me see if we have any specific questions that we can address um yes i will send the slide deck i'll send it to josh and he can he can fire it off to the list anyone that that attended that'd be awesome yeah everyone everyone wants a copy of the of the slide deck uh, all right now your guys are all saying thank you and all of the questions are being slid down
<laughs> you have like you have a very short window of time here to ask a question if you have something yeah. specific. Can uh, I just start picking them off as I see them? Any anything specific about voice search and how you know how this plays into voice search? Yeah, so voice search is the same as regular search. It's like there's not really anything new to do for voice. It's like if you rank number one in the local pack and someone says like, show me a plumber, you know, what plumber, give me a list of plumbers in Denver, then it's just going to pull from the local pack. And so while well, the work that you do for local SEO is going to impact voice search just as well. There's not really anything specific to do for voice. Awesome. Jason wants to know about scholarship links. Do they carry any weight? Are they worth the energy? I don't have recent data on that. Definitely back in like 2014 with some of our SEO clients, we, uh, we did some scholarship link building for them. It certainly seemed to help. It had a positive impact. It's a pretty big job. Like it takes a lot of effort to do a good sponsorship, a scholarship program. So one, you got to design it. You got to put the page up on the website. And then it's just a lot of outreach. And it used to work really well because, you know, the schools would be like, oh, okay, cool. They put it on there. Now you're getting high quality links from universities. But I think that all of the people receiving these emails are a little jaded now because it's been over uh, exploited and they get like 10 of these in a week and they go straight to trash now. And so I think that it's a strategy you may get diminishing returns on at this point, but uh, I have seen it work really well in the past. You could try it. It's, it's big in the legal space for sure. Any lawyers uh, do it. But one thing I have seen, which is interesting, is instead of uh, targeting universities, try to target local, local colleges and local high schools. That's an interesting take on it that you might have more success with because the big universities are sick of, of getting the emails, whereas your little local high schools would be like, oh, cool, a scholarship for our high school students. We would love that. And so that might be a better angle to get... Um, to get links and they may not be higher authority, but they're locally relevant. And so I think that they may be higher value too. The higher the success, local, higher value. I would take that. Look at the local play, the local charity, the local um, not-for-profit, the local exactly. stuff like that, which will, will which will carry some local um, relevancy, right? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a better strategy if you're gonna if you're gonna attack scholarships. A great question here. I think that's important. And Bobby Warren's asking about you know the whole strategy of local like city pages combined yeah. with local service pages and the, the yeah. issue of like potentially being too duplicate um, whenever you're going after like a 30 city swath. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, what, I, what we did uh, for one of our legal clients is one 30 is probably a bit too many. You could probably go up to 30, definitely not beyond that, but we picked this 15. What are the top 15 areas around our state that we really wanted to, to get some organic traffic for. And so what we did is we had an about us page that had five paragraphs of text about the firm. And then we took it to uh, one of those content companies like Text Broker, there's a whole bunch of them out there. And we just said, we want a rewrite of this page. And we ordered it 15 times from 15 different authors. That gave us unique content that wasn't duplicate. And we used that with some light editing to create our 15 service area pages, right? Like areas we serve, practice area pages. And now those pages, they actually rank really well. And for this criminal law firm, guaranteed since we did this probably eight years ago, millions of dollars have been made by that firm from the traffic driven from these pages. And so the strategy is sound and it's not hard to execute on if you do what I just suggested there. I think there's great value. You will run into diminishing returns. Like don't do every small town in the, in the whole state, 
but pick your major centers and see what you can do. And it's just, it's free, free traffic. You can do it uh, once you build those pages out and then they live forever. They don't require much maintenance and they can just continue driving leads for forever. 100%. And that, that's core to our strategy as well, right? We'll pick mm -hmm. the top 10 cities that that plumber HVAC company serves. Yep. Um, the key is to have, you want that to be unique, right? Don't clone the page yep. and change the city modifier. You might get away with it. As There's a lot of data showing that you can get away with it. Yeah. But to be on the upside, you would want to create some unique content for each of those versions. Yeah. And this is, this is un, unproven theory. But one thing we did with our legal pages is that we tried to anchor the content to an entity that is local to that city. And so in our case with the legal site, we added the, the, the name, address, phone number, and a link to the courthouse in that city. And so let's say you were targeting uh, a suburb of the main city, you might put like, what is the most prominent landmark in that city? And be like, you know, serving clients around the Statue of Liberty, I don't know, like whatever, whatever it happens to be, some big landmark in that city, or, you know, just talking about those things um, can really help. If you're not tuned into Phil Rosick, Phil Rosick uh, is one of the best uh, at this kind of stuff, the service area stuff. And uh, he recently presented at our summit. We do a White Spark Local Search Summit. And he did a great talk on exactly this topic. And then he took his talk and he published it on his blog. And so that resource is available. And I, I, I could find it and send it later, but it's it's a fantastic talk about exactly how do you build these service pages and how do you get the most out of them? And it's those kinds of things like putting in content about the area, putting in content, like any reviews you got specific from those clients. So that, that'll help you mix up the content on those pages. Great stuff. And yes, um, I think Paul was asking where you get that content done. Uh, there's a great resource called SEO Content Hero. He's on the call. Uh, Joe's Graceberry. There's also Text Broker and all kinds of other services. Yeah. Yep. Um, that can help you crank that kind of high quality content out. Um, but that, I think that was a good question. I think good, good conversation on, on that front. Let's see. Um, Thomas was asking how long it takes for you to launch the white label. So if somebody hires your white label GMB yep. service and citation management, how long yep. does it take to get that, that up and running? Uh, well, so if you signed up today, you'd have a call with one of our agents within uh, two uh, business days. That intake call will gather all the data. We will basically get access to your listing within that. And within the first uh, couple of weeks, we will have kind of done our first pass of optimizing the listing, uh, working with you on review strategy, start building your, uh, your spam fighting program. And so generally it's like a couple of weeks, you're up and running pretty fast. Like as soon as, you, as soon as you reach out to us, we're on the case. With our citation service, if you wanted to just order citations, we have a, a 30 day turnaround typically for those projects, whether it's just straight citation building or it's our Yext replacement service. And in fact, we're about to launch a new account system and Yext replacement, that structure of audit and cleanup on the important sites plus additional building is becoming our default. That's, we're only gonna have one citation service. Like we're not gonna offer citation audit and cleanup as a standalone service anymore. It's just gonna be these three packages. I like the fact that you're not just retreading the same service because it's what you've used for years. You're like, this thing has changed. These are the key priorities now. And this yeah. is what our citation and, and GMB service looks like today. Yeah. Evolve or die. That's right. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah. Great, great stuff, guys. Great questions. Great engagement. If I missed one of your questions, I apologize. Um, we do need to be respectful of Darren's time. He's given us tremendous value and tremendous insights. 
Um, I will ask one last question because it's in here. Um, Don Franklin's asking about schema. He says he's surprised that there's no mention of schema. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, here's, here's my best thing on schema. Schema is only valuable, and this is a direct quote from Joel Headley who used to work at Google. Schema is only valuable in terms of the search features that the schema drives. So that would be like review schema. You get the stars, there's value in that. Um, the FAQ schema, love that one, because when you get the FAQ schema, you really build out your search results and you get these sort of bonus things. But no one has been able to show empirically that adding local business schema to your contact page, to your homepage or anywhere has any impact on rank. You add it all day long, it's not gonna impact your ranking. And so schema has kind of fallen off as a ranking signal, but it's still, it's almost like the GMB stuff. It's like a conversion signal. Because if you can, if you can do schema that generates SERP features, there's huge benefit. A great example is a, a college admissions prep company. They, they're doing the FAQ schema and then they're getting little emojis in there. It really stands out in the search results. So you look great. Like someone types a search and you get your business, like your website URL with the FAQ schema. You got there's like four top questions and there's little emojis in there. Like it's, like, it's amazing way to drive additional uh, click-throughs to your website. But FAQ schema on its own will not improve ranking. It does improve click-throughs from search results. And so schema in my mind is only valuable for that. And in fact, it's like, we're, we're building a new website management service as part of our, as an add-on to our GMB service. And it's like schema, it's like, it's not even on our list. It's like an important thing to worry about. Hmm. Well, powerful, powerful stuff. If people want to get more Darren Shaw, uh, what's the best way to, to connect with you, to engage with you and to learn more about your services? Yeah, best way uh, would be to email me. I get a lot of emails. So if I don't reply to you, then, so first my email address is darren at whitespark.ca. Feel free to email me anytime. Uh, if you have a question about SEO or any of our services, uh, feel free to email me. Um, if, if your email got buried in my really atrocious inbox, then you can certainly tweet at me, Darren. Uh, so it's at Darren Shaw with an underscore at the bottom. So Darren Shaw underscore. The real, the other Darren Shaw who took my handle is a real estate agent. He's got like 10,000 followers. So he'll, he'll never give it to me. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. And what's the best page to learn about the, the white label um, GMB management service? Yeah. If you just, I think if you just go Google my business management service, you'll probably find our pages. Uh, but if you just go to whitespark.ca services, GMB, we have a whole section there where we talk about our white labeling uh, version of that service, which is great. And also our citation services are totally white labeled too. Any, any citation jobs that you order from us, you get our unbranded report back. And there's a checkbox to indicate that it's white label so that we know that we're definitely only talking to the agency and not to your directly to your clients. So everything at Whitespark is white labelable, even our software. So our local rank tracking software, which you saw a few screenshots of in the in the presentation. I think it's the best local rank tracking system out there. I'm pretty biased, but I think it's pretty awesome. And uh, that's that's got a nice little white label version too, if you wanted to share ranking reports with clients. Fantastic, great stuff. So now you know how to connect with, with Darren. I, I've taken away a lot of great notes here, lots of great insights. Um, great news is Darren is now in the Seven Figure Agency Facebook group. So if you have specific questions, um, hopefully we'll, we'll be getting some, some eyes on those questions in there as well, Darren. 
That's actually a really, if you have like an SEO question, I put it in the group because that way then everyone gets the benefit. Put it in the group and tag me and then I'll answer there. I love that. And then other people can chime in. So I think that's the best place for SEO questions. Put them, put them there. Perfect. Well, this, is, this has been awesome. Be sure to publicly thank Darren for sharing these amazing insights. You can see a lot of energy goes into running these surveys, correlating the data, making sense of the data. It's one thing to read it. It's a totally different thing to have Darren explain it to us. This was amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for all the great insights and um, really can't, can't, can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me. It was pretty amazing. I loved it. Thanks a lot. Awesome stuff, man. All right. Thank okay. you, everybody. Um, you later. Conversation to continue in the, in the Facebook group and uh, we'll take it from there.